Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Series 2021. I'm your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today, we've got Ryan Denton. Yo, 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 yo. We've got Michael Flores. Holler. And we've got Amy joining us today as well. Hello, boys. Hello, Amy. For everyone, you guys can find the show on demand whenever you listen to, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Supernatural The Crossroads. Our preferred provider is iTunes because you can leave us reviews and rate the show and we do need people to give us a five-star rating as best as much as they believe in it as it does help our show get seen by more people also you can receive a push notification to your mobile device whenever an RMD show is live by texting RMD 69 yes of course to 81257 so today we are doing a one year later retrospective on the series finale. Oh my God. We <laughs> are older, certainly. We are one year. wiser, theoretically. Oh. Uh, we are. I'm one year stupider. We're more bitter, <laughs> at least sense. me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know what? I didn't think you could get any more bitter, but you know, whatever. I guess there's always a, a higher level of like black. Thomas coffee. has over the last year. Thomas has transitioned to a 90 year old man. To a nine-year-old man? Ninety-year-old. Oh, nine. I was oh. like, well, did I say nine? Well, you said like, nine. It's not like you said nine. The pedos out there got really Good excited. God. They're like, oh, come here. Come here, little boy. Thomas's uh, boyish charms as nine. Oh, please. Oh, God. Thomas. I got to delete some photos. Uh, of me. Come here, Thomas. Sit on my lap. Oh. I am Pat Robinson Santa Claus. <laughs> Pat Robinson Santa Claus. Oh, my God. This is not Rain Man. We're not, we're not going there just yet. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We are older, theoretically wiser, more jaded, uh, and now it's time in that mindset <laughs> to take a look once again, because we said that we'd do this a, a year ago with the series finale, to reevaluate it with some distance. Um, so this is not going to be a formal re-review, just a general discussion on how we as fans feel about the controversial finale a year later. Uh, so we're going to be focusing our thoughts exclusively on the finale itself, not the seasons, not the show as a whole, just the finale with that goal in mind to see, can we, you know, as fans of the show, 
derive any additional value that we might have missed the first time due to being too close to the source material, too close to the series as fans. Has it sweetened? Has it aged like a fine wine or has it curdled like a milk? And with that intent, some of the things we're looking for are the intent of the episode, uh, meaning that can be derived from it, the actual execution, plot holes, uh, continuity, conclusivity. How does it essentially function on its own? And finally, we'll talk about things that we appreciate more or possibly things that bother us that didn't before. So really, it's just kind of, let's take a look at it again one year later. Have things changed? Do we like it more? Do we like it less? Is it kind of stayed the same? And I think in... in does, it, does it give you butterflies or does it make you want to hurl when you see that S? I, mean, I that's, think in a lot of that, ways... Yeah. It's going to kind of be across the board and it's going to be a very individual thing. But I think, I think sometimes you have to look at stuff, especially when you're a hardcore fan, you kind of need to look at things with some time because in the heat of the moment, you're going to be, yeah, that's all. Hey, thank you. It's <laughs> a good song. You're going to be swept up in various different things and, and that'll get into one of, at least my major points moving forward. But first we're going to look at intent with some smooth, smooth jazz. Wow. Oh, wow. I just, yep. Hits us with the, that's, that's not the right that's song. That's not the that, that's a, that, song. That's a heat of the night. What are you doing sure over that's there? That's an actual theme that's song. That's what I was thinking. That's a theme song to a cop show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. My yeah, grand, in the heat of the night. Yeah. My grandma watched that. Also an Oscar winning film as well. Before. The precursor to Law and Order. Dun yeah. dun. Little uh, TV knowledge. TV knowledge there. for everyone. Wow. All right. So the first thing we're looking at is the intent of the episode. What is the agreed upon intent? To try to hit you in the face. Kill fields. the characters. Well, there's that. Jesus. <laughs> it's both. She's not wrong. Uh, to teabag the fans. To slap you in your heart. To put yeah. both nuts on both eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, God. Just a I just like, that, like the cucumbers that's and the spa, but that's it's not quite those. That's the, the maneuver. If someone could do that. That's not that well, hard. I can, dude, I can, it's I not can hard at all. Are you I kidding? Can, I could. Well, it hey, depends. If it's colder weather, you got to lift and your, separate. Your, your balls can't mid summer, pliable. mid Arizona summer. Yeah, you're yeah. getting well, there. No, right now you can do it. Yeah, it's a little too cold. <laughs> like maybe Nuts like three a little too in tight. the afternoon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, after a gym sakes. workout. All right. Yeah. Anyway, after a warm shower. Yeah, just a little, this little ball bag on the ice. To completely contradict <laughs> this conversation, <laughs> this discussion is intended to be a little bit more academic. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. From an academic standpoint, does the intent, is there an agreed upon intent? Or from a craft standpoint, is there an agreed upon intent? So with, like we, we want to know why did they do things? Yeah, why were certain decisions made? You know, was it based on an emotional conclusion? Is that the goal? Or something less abstract, like structural purpose, bringing, you know, lingering issues to an end? Up. Yeah, plot, theme. What what, so, what were you setting out to do? Yeah. In my opinion, I mean, I, I was I made a joke about it, but in my opinion, I really honestly think that this final episode was simply to end the show. And that uh, was it. Yeah. You, you know, it, on surface, that sounds like, you know, very well, like, obviously, but you're I think you're right. 
It's it's that yeah, simple. I, mean, I don't. I don't. There's no other purpose. There's no yeah. other purpose. Like this was this was a full blown episode to try to end the series in a way that didn't feel contrived or over the top, and they and I I think also to a, a lot of member berries, you know, like okay. trying to really push certain things that. Um, you know, oh, I remember that, or oh, I remember that, or oh, I remember Sam and Dean, like just certain things, like you know. Then so I feel like I feel like this episode was an epilogue to a story that hadn't quite good I mean, feeling a good song, conclusion. But... Yeah, I I agree. I think this is far more of an epilogue and a way to just all right, we're done. Let's do our our. It doesn't even Farewell have, tour. it doesn't even, yeah, the final victory lap, but it doesn't even feel like that It's so detached. Much. It's, yeah. it's detached from pretty much everything that came before. The only thing that resembles Supernatural in any shape or form is the inclusion of Sam and Dean. Yeah. But when you look at the episode, it's well, a completely. Well, the initial vampire hunt. Uh, that feels weak, and I have my own issues with that. That's a very thin connection that no one would actually connect if they didn't give you a flashback to say, hey, remember this from 15 fucking years ago? Also, we didn't either. Yeah. Also, it's a very, it. <laughs> it's also a very flimsy bridge. It has nothing to do. There is no yeah. lingering thread there. It doesn't. It didn't even need to be a connection. It didn't. And that's the thing. That whole vampire fight could have been a anything from any other CW show, v- random gang. I yeah. think that whole vampire scene and Dean's subsequent death probably would have felt better if there wasn't a connection because I was sitting there when I was first watching it trying to figure out why this connection, why well, this of all. Purely I thought, nostalgia. That's what, you were, thought, that's what you were trying to figure out? I had out? thought, I was sitting there thinking that possibly I missed something. Did I miss something? Is there a deeper connection between the two characters, between Dean and this vampire girl? Like, is there something that I am missing? Is there an emotional connection? Is there a thematic connection? But there is nothing there. And I was actually sitting there trying to contemplate this while the fight scene that led to Dean's death, rather than actually watching the fight scene, because I was so fucking confused i was so that yes i but i was more confused that we just finished up an incredibly epic you know conclusion with with uh god and and chuck and and then you had jack like disappearing and becoming the new god and then now we're just like this last episode we're gonna go back to a vampire hunt it just it seemed (laughs) weird to me to just like go right back to that so this is the thing this is where i would say the, the intent is purely emotional manipulation of the audience. Yeah. Because yep. there is truly, canonically, logically, narratively, zero reason for her to be the vampire in that scene, at that moment, in that town. Clearly, this was something that was happening, according to the journal, from the 80s. Yet, she's part of this when she was turned to a vampire circa 2005. So what's the... F- why she just randomly found this group, this one plus weren't most of the vampires eradicated thanks to the British men of letters through the wide swath of the country. Well, it's purely to tie it. And Hey, remember the first time we saw vampires, they're worse now. Okay. (laughs) If you, if you want to reach really far, it could be a little reminder that 
they didn't save everyone because they were trying to save her in that episode and they didn't. But there's no narrative thematic element to that. Yes, because that's fine. If let's say it serves as a reminder for Dean or Sam, because they were just dealing with the, the effects of not being able to save everyone, then that would make sense. But there's nothing connecting that aspect to the decision made to bring in this random to, vampire to me it, i guess so because they did literally just save everyone to me it seemed forced and what i mean by that is that it was forced to they only show up to kill dean and that's and and i felt like there was a better <sighs> way to do that after the epic you know conclusion that we had in the last episode to just to to be I'm sorry, but I still am bitter about the way, and I did realize this through the episode, I was still bitter about the way he died. Well, here's the other thing, too. If you really wanted to connect to Dead Man's Blood, Kate, the vampire, who was in love with Luther, who their dad murdered, would have been the narrative choice that she's been holding this grudge for 15 years and how your old things will come back to haunt you if you wanted to go that route. Not just the random person who didn't give a fuck about anything. Well, and that girl actually escaped with Kate. She, they both did, yeah. But yes. you have the one who has no reason to have a vendetta against them. That's true. Now, I'm sure that's a contract or, or a scheduling. Couldn't get the actress. Kind okay, of so this is all like, this is all just what Hearsay ifs. And yeah, what, and like, what ifs. But going back to what you said, Thomas, about the emotional aspect that you feel like, number one, the intent behind the writing of this episode is clearly motivated through or by way of emotional manipulation of the audience. Because from the very opening minutes of the episode, the audience is treated to the fabricated nostalgia moments that rely on our love for Dean. The the nonsense, like hot bread. Yes. You know, and then to serve pie. Yeah. And to serve (laughs) as a parallel, we see Sam doing all the things we've come to expect from him, his reactions to Dean Ultimately, these moments are designed to play on nostalgia, to remind the audience of our shared intimate experiences with Sam and Dean. You have John's journal, which was used to create Mm, a superficial connection to the beginning of their journey and how it all began. You have Dean's death, which is still hard to watch. This scene works as the emotional weight of the episode. But Dab's inclusion of a scene like intent wise was solely to bring emotional relevance to the finale and bring a feeling and yes, it was contrived to the, the to the ending to bring, you know, yeah, a finality to it. That that scene is still good. But but the thing is, yeah, that scene bad. is good, not because of what was set up, written or payoff of 15 years as a fan. It's good because two actors gave it their all and they knew yes. what we cared about. And it mattered to them at that moment. Single man tier. But that was not a strongly written scene. That was a perfectly acted scene. See, what happened was this. Okay, so when you write something, oh, oh, let me go back. Let's say you're writing a a book or reading a book, okay? And the reason why there are moments when you're reading a book, let's say you're reading a book that has sad moments and you end up getting emotional in the middle of, let's say, page whatever, 150, because somebody's daughter died. Well, there was a buildup. There was a relationship that was being cultivated between, let's say, the mother and the daughter. So when you had this death, there was not just emotional weight, but there was also the story that backed it up. 
with Dean's death, you had the emotional weight only half of that it. was built only on the fact that the audience loves Dean and we love Sam. There was actually no narrative weight to balance out the emotional weight. There is no valid yeah. backing story-wise to justify a scene like this. I, again, we'll get into meaning later. Yeah, because there's and, more And the ways too. of intent, the intent is solely emotional. Well, not only that. See, the, oh, go ahead, Davey. I was going to say, when, when I was watching this <clears throat> and thinking about Dean's death scene, it reminded me of the season that Metatron kills Dean, the episode. Uh, end of season nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it nine? Okay. And the, you know, Sam's trying to help him out of the warehouse yeah. and he has to stop and take a moment and he has a speech very similar to what we just saw. What we just saw. And in my mind, that speech hits me harder and sticks with me yeah, more absolutely. than the one in 15. Because and, and like, I think that's okay. And you know why, A.V.? Because the entire season was Building. built to get to that point. It was built right. to get to Dean's death. Yep. That's why it worked. There was no buildup to this moment. There was, and that's the thing, too. It's Which, like, okay, okay. you only have so half the of other it. Side of this, the other side of this is... Shit happens. Every day, people die. Okay, mm-hmm. th- that will get to another. Th- that's, you I have that. a whole thing with that. Yeah. So hold okay. on to that. All right. Yeah. I, I think you're 100% right, and Avi just pointed it out. It, it only has half of what makes a death important. Narrative setup and payoff and emotional connection. It only has one of those. It's driving solely on that. And the thing that annoys me as I look past that is that throughout up to that episode... If you haven't been watching for 15 years, Dean looks like a foolish hunter who's act, asking to die. Yeah. He's touching hot bread. He is obsessed with pie and, and irrelevant to the work. He's like, let's use the ninja star. I'm like, if this was any other character, I'm like, this rookie's going to get like killed. Okay. This rookie's going to die. So this is a nitpick. This has less to do with intent, but just to, it is a just to piggyback on what you just said. If I were to, let's say I never watched yeah, a single episode of Supernatural. Right. And this is not to be offensive, okay? I would think that Dean is mentally challenged. A little bit. And that this is his make-a-wish before he dies. <laughs> okay, first of all. Look, because I, I, they play him like they he, play him like a fool. Like he's just look, not there. I'm sorry, guys. I, I know you're nit, like this is a little nitpicky, but you have to remember this show's been on for 15 years. No motherfucker is putting on the last episode of this ep- this show and going, man, these guys are dumb as fuck. Like, like we I know, know what you're, we I know know what you're saying. One crit, one quote journalist did. Yeah, well, they watched the pilot uh, and the finale. And out of how many people? <laughs> my my point being is like it's, it is nitpicky, but at the same time, but here's my nobody's ca- gonna that. fucking do. But here's that. my counter argument: if you have. A character like look at how season five ends. Look at his death by Metatron's hand in season nine. Look at the final moments in season eleven. They have emotional and narrative relevance, and he is a serious, real person throughout those episodes with drive and and motivations and goals. And in this, he's fucking around, making jokes, dies by accident. Any other character 
you'd have it said, yep, that guy was guaranteed to die. He's a red shirt. Okay, so <laughs> getting... Uh, I, I'm, okay, I'm so, getting a little so, in the weeds, well, I understand. Hold on a second. Yeah, we are getting off topic as well. But Ryan, you bring up a good point. You're not wrong. You're absolutely the, right. The other True, thing, But the thing is this. When you are writing an episode of television, you need to write an episode of television properly, not solely based on emotional manipulation because that's I, not writing. I totally agree, Mike. I'm just saying that like at the end of the day, when you look at something like this, what they're doing here with this episode with Dean is showing Dean being carefree to the point where he yeah. does, because he doesn't care because God's dead. You could and, argue and, that. And, and potentially. The argue, my argument is, is that he's being carefree to the point because he doesn't give a shit anymore at that point. Like there is nothing to, for him to worry about. And what happens with someone when you don't worry, you die. Yeah. Like you get careless or reckless. Let's rebuttal. Let I, me rebuttal like that. that. I, yeah. I, I, I get where you're coming from. You're not wrong. But also that line of thinking, that logic would work if we've never seen Dean act like this before. Well, we're not going to see him because hold on, let me finish because Chuck has always given them the golden rule. They could do whatever they want and get away with it, right? No, no, no. What I'm saying is you're saying that this version of Dean is a carefree Dean, and I do agree with that. But in order for this carefree Dean to be to cut through and for us to understand that this is carefree Dean, we probably should have seen a Dean that we haven't seen before. If Something this that new, Dab has done since his taking over of the show as he has turned a, a Han Solo Dab. version of Dean to a caricature of Dean yeah. where he is only just the silly parts. Who's that failure of an officer in the sequel series? Redhead who gets beaten up and he's like, <laughs> I'm the traitor. And like, you had nowhere else to go as a character. Yeah. He's he's become that. Yeah, so that that's all I'm saying is that yes, this could be a way to show that Dean's carefree, but we've seen him act like this before. I, I get that. Look, I'm just trying to make a point that like you're you're making the argument of look who's behind the wheel. Yeah, and I think at the at the end of the day, there was no for Dab. Let's just say it this way: there was no other way to show a different Dean or a carefree Dean in his mind than make him be silly. Well, I think that comes back to our intent—that is purely emotional yeah, manipulation. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, after Dean dies, the rest of the episode is on autopilot. No, oh, it yeah, is just absolutely. things fall into place as you expect. I, I think the the other thing, and to 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 be the complete opposite feeling about the death scene. I think it hit me a little bit harder this time. Um, that that scene and, and one other scene really actually had a little bit more weight, in my opinion, this time. And I think ultimately it's it's a, a, a you know a kind of a a couple different reasons, but really ultimately, you know, we talked about it in the pre-show. Sitting here a year later, yeah, and, and watching this episode a year later. I was like, man, this is like, this was the last time that you see them alive together, like in the show that has taken 15 years. So like, it just starts to kind of weigh on well, you. And I think that's the thing is that right there is an, is emotional manipulation Yeah, because you're not having a death that has a narrative significance right. and a payoff no, like not, you not had like in, Swan, in Swan Song or Crowley's even yeah. before the show went tits up or any other almost character's death. It's yeah. just purely there. And to Avi's point, yeah, shit happens. But I feel like, like you said, Mike, if this had been a, a somber and bitter Dean and and 
then he's carefree and jovial because that's gone now and then accidents happen. But again, all of this stuff is us putting more effort into it than I think truly was yeah. because what is done is, you know, these characters and I think the performance is what sells that oh, scene. Oh, 100%. Because again, after that, it's on autopilot. This is why this ending was chosen. It's quick. It's <clears throat> easy. It tricks us into thinking that it was brought to a conclusive, wrapped up ending and it feels more like one of those model homes, like, do you want two-car garage or three? Like, It's just the template that they knew would fit. It's uh, Arrested Development, the, the housing complex and the first <laughs> season. Valley. Like, they're just, they're, they look like nice homes, but as soon as you open the fall door, yeah, the walls fall on you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is that ultimately it's difficult to, to derive relevant meaning from the previous intent because it kind of amounts to a bunch of patchwork. It it inadvertently separates and isolates the finale's narrative from anything other than the idea that Sam and Dean died a natural and free death of a natural death free of supernatural entanglement or or fuckery or influence, you know. And you could argue that that in itself could be perceived as the meaning. But I don't I don't really think so. It feels more like it's intent. It's a strategy that allowed them to just construct a finale free of an actual story, rely purely on audience manipulation and emotion to carry them to the finish line. It, it didn't have because if you really want to get into the meaning. You can you can break this apart, even I'd say, because. The very concept of free will is kind of incongruous with what happens. Yeah. You guys need <laughs> so to stop using these fucking words. Does it dude. match up? So, for example, the concept of free will seemed to be about them, on one hand, being aberrations. Chuck could not control them. He said they don't fall into line, that they always buck his trends and his stories and what he wants to do, which I also have a problem with that because then swan song doesn't make any sense, but whatever. But then, but then as yeah. Dean dies, he says that they never really had control because it was always supposed to end this way. And he knew he'd always go out like this. So is it destiny or free will? Honestly, if you wanted to have true free will, it would have been, different than that dean's last words undermine the entire show's implications of free will by suggesting a perceived destiny and lack of control over one's life and the reason why i say that is because they build on this new idea that chuck has been controlling things i'm not going to get into the nuances of free will because it becomes a very uh, difficult conversation but in an episode where the previous episode you had a character say you guys are essentially aberrations. I don't know don't why sense. you don't do as I say. Which is fine. That, to me, kind of fixes the issue of free will. Like, how, this is the reason why they can do what they do. But then the following episode, the finale, they choose to write Dean saying things that allude to the fact that they have no control. This is how it should have been the whole time. And yes, that may be semantics. I may be trying to dissect things that were just dialogue written for dialogue's sake. And that's my point. Yeah. I don't feel like you even, probably are. Frankly. I don't feel like you can derive real meaning from 
Dean's final words either mm. because they're just simply written so that Dean has something to say while he dies. It's sheerly to move the plot along because if you were truly thinking about what Dean would say, you wouldn't throw a wrench in the concept of free will that you just finally straightened out in the previous episode. Especially too, because if when he says, don't bring me back, you know, that always doesn't end well. It's like, because Chuck said it wouldn't. Yeah. Theoretically. It's, it's, it's so just, why it's, not try it? It's convoluted. Time. Maybe it'll go great. Yeah. It's convoluted. Go ahead. Well, Avi. Sorry. <clears throat> so thinking about, so I think the theme of this episode is reworking. Um, but listening to you guys talk and thinking about dad reworking previous things, Dean's death, I think is a rework of a couple of things. One, the Metatron death, like we talked about, it's not as good, but also way back, I think in season, season eight, when the boys were arguing over who was going to do the trials, Dean actually tells Sam in his argument, no, I'm going to do the trials because this is how I'm, this is how I'm going to die. This is the only way that this is going to happen for me. This is all I have left. I'm going to die fighting and you're going to go on and live a life and have a wife and kids and everything. And I feel like Dab took that line and just made it happen. So uh, it's just a rework of, so this Something we've already seen before, <laughs> which is kind of the entire yeah. run that dab was a showrunner of. Well, this is their reworkings. <laughs> this reminds me of that line from uh, Jurassic Park. You stood on the shoulders of, of great men. You read what others had done and you took the next step. You didn't earn it for yourselves. You just right. made it like that's what a lot of it feels like. Carver, Kripke, even Gamble. Yeah all had something to say with their characters' deaths. And Dab did it because they we expected it. And he knew that if they could carry, if they could act it out well enough, and knowing it's the final episode, that was enough. And that bothers me as I have looked back on this episode. All right, so some other interpretive moments of meaning... There are some, right? Well, yeah. Go ahead with your. I was just going to say that there are different ways to looking at this. And this is the part that I want to get into because I don't want it to feel like we're just trying to restate some of the things that we've said before. But there are other ways because the entire point of this discussion is to look at those issues of intent and meaning, execution, plot holes. And right now, dealing with meaning, I mean, the viewer could also take the aspect of Dean's words potentially to mean that is is how he always wanted to die, to die on his feet. Yeah, you could say that. On his terms, without outside influence from God or any other supernatural influence. So that's one way. And he has said that for years and years and years, that that's not only the way he thought it was going to go, but the way he wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, The problem with an ending like this without clear meaning, however, is you start to interpret things in a more logical fashion. And this is where the potential meaning behind certain elements start to lose its impact. Uh, For example, someone can read the finale as one big giant cosmic joke. 
mm-hmm. and the entire series. Mm-hmm. For example, Sam and Dean win their freedom By and God. they defeat God only to die in the most mediocre of ways. Another opposing reading of the finale could draw the same conclusions, except instead of viewing it as a cosmic joke, you can view it as a Shakespearean-esque tragedy. Sam and Dean win their freedom only to die mediocre deaths, void of cosmic relevance. Mm-hmm. I do like that Thereby, one. Thereby, you know, reasserting agency over their lives. I like the thought behind that. I don't believe that was put into it. Like, because like, if it had been done that way, that I that almost has its own to, to be, weight. Just to beat a dead horse yeah. one last time here. Not one last time. Let's just, just, let's let's be real. It's going to be a thousand times. Yeah. They could have done anything with this finale Mm -hmm. if they had worked for it. So any of these readings, these potential interpretations could easily have worked if they worked for that purpose. The thing is is that nothing in the finale really gets you ready or to say the season final season really gets you ready for moments of the finale. I think that my, the thing that I, like you said, they could do anything. The thing that I don't understand is what was the choice to kill them? And like, they could have done anything. They could have had them ride off into the sunset. I I have my own thoughts. and, And I feel like the choice to have them killed is a preemptive. This show's never coming back. So yep. let's just fucking murder him and who cares? Like, because at the end of the day, they could have had him ride off into the sunset. They should have. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I, at this point, the more I think about it, they could have rode off into the sunset and then, you know, you know what? Three years or four years from now, let's bring the show back. But how would you be able to manipulate the emotions exactly. of the audience if you didn't have, have anyone to, work, to Mike. kill? You'd have to work Because for that it. ending would have worked, just yeah. like I said with the other endings. But the thing is, is that they didn't work for it. So you could have if not they had Lucifer resurrect, kill death, kill himself, Michael die, and God become nothing all in one episode. Because think about it. So stupid. Think about it. If they would have, <laughs> if just they so would have, like, if you wanted to stretch that out for another one, <laughs> if they would have given us this finale, and it'll say pretty much beat for beat the same story minus the death. Let's yeah. say mm-hmm. it would have had no impact. We would have been like, what the fuck is this? So they did the only thing they could do, which is let's cheat by emotionally raping the audience. Because we know they're all going to cry when Dean and Sam are separated. They got off on our tears. Yeah. And, you know, well, that's the thing is that there wasn't any work put in to this, I feel. Because if you didn't have that death, you have Sam and Dean live a life, eat pie, have another hunt, and go to bed. That would have been the episode otherwise. Now think about this. Maybe they did work towards it, but dad being shitty at his job, he couldn't quite connect the dots because a third reading of this ending could be that Dean's luck ran out. If you were to base your interpretations on things we saw in earlier seasons, in the same season. You'd have had to pay attention to what you were writing and doing throughout the season. And remember, dad does quarter of a season arcs, five episodes at best. Yeah. And he clearly forgot that this was part of it. Imagine if God rem- being removed off the board you removes you, their, their shield. Too. You got what you asked for, but look at the consequences. Now you're normal. Now exactly. you have to learn yeah, to survive. Normal people. See, that to me would have been fucking have fantastic. Worked. That would have worked. And then the trickster shows up and says, gotcha, bitch. It's so stupid. <laughs> 
but that would have worked as well to justify the the ending well and if you had had like castiel or another like heavenly figure or or powerful figure come in and say what did you expect sam you know you guys wanted a regular life regular people die all the time right. you know like there could have been some ultimate message of free will comes at a cost yeah they could they have just come isn't. back because misha's not an actor anymore <laughs> it, there just isn't anything there you know and you could also the only other side of the dean's He's, a, he's is, a novelist and a poet. Yeah. Oh, is that what he is now? And he didn't even know it. The oh. only point. Oh, my God. Because neither did we. <laughs> Jesus, there is horrible. no point, really, to Dean's. There's no meaning here other than he died and they knew we'd cry. But the meaning Are of you? Sam living a long and fruitful life without Dean is is fairly clear. You, you could say there's something there. You know, he has a family for example, and he moves on beyond the hunting life and he gets to have the things that Dean always wanted for him. But this meaning is also a little muddled due to contradictory themes and statements made in the final season, as well as leading up to the end. Like, for example, it's unclear if Sam continues to hunt after Dean's death, but the episodes don't really seem to indicate anything other than he has a domesticated life. So is that that good is this sam season eight again but this time it works out is that what we see that, want? that was one of Maybe. the questions i had too because we see um we see his son later on in the in the episode has an anti-possession tattoo on his forearm right. is that family so that, legacy or is that you know hey i know you're gonna get demon raped at some point <laughs> because of who i am right that that was my question did he did he teach him enough to be safe and the kid just decided not to be a hunter or does the kid not even know what the tattoo make is for him get a tattoo or, you know, well, and that's the thing is that we know he beforehand. had to talk with him at the same time. He yeah. had to talk with him about sex. <laughs> it was like, also so, about demons. So, so there's another yeah. way to come can... in your mouth. And what you want to do to protect that? <laughs> Here's the thing, son. This is a body condom. Not only tattoo. do you, not only do you put a condom on your penis, you need to put a condom on your body because yep. you're going to get raped by now, a Now that's a contraceptive I can get behind. Just yeah. give me a tattoo. Or get in front of. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, though. If Dean or Dean, if Sam li lives a regular life and that's what Dean always wanted for him and all that stuff, that's all well and good. But we've had how many years now of Sam saying this is the life he wanted and acceptance that they're going to be hunters and kind of move away right. from that idea. Yes. In Dab's own run, his four <laughs> seasons, he made it a, a point to say this is their life now and they have come to terms with it. It's one of the themes that he actually was able to craft throughout his his seasons that you can definitively point to and say, yes, there are many moments where we see Sam and Dean essentially accepting that this is, is life. This is their life. There is no other life besides this. But then you choose to, if this is the meaning we're supposed to derive from the, the finale, we're supposed to believe that Sam has chosen to give up something that he has that he has now accepted as right. his life. And now he's living a a regular domesticated now, life. Now, for that to have been the case, something obviously would have changed in him. Mm -hmm. You could say that his brother dying changed him. We basically see that as he leaves the bunker. Yeah. But the problem with that, even in the own episode, is he call he gets a call from the, the guy who's like, yeah, I got werewolves on the premises. And instead of him saying, you know, no, I'm retired, and then he walks out and turns off the lights and calls it a day, he says, I'll be right there. 
and then walks right? out and it's turns off the lights and calls clear. it a day. So what changed? Assumingly, Dean's death, but he still continued to hunt until some other event, or was this one last mission? And that, See, and that's, that's exactly a, what I wrote in my notes, too. That's a big, big, big problem I have with the fun, the final episode on a second watch. It's not only is it ambiguous, but it's so fucking sad for no other reason than because yeah. cry, bitch, it gets me hard. Yeah, emotional like, manipulation. That's what it feels like. There's no reason for such a somber exit strategy. And I'll, Honestly, I'll get I'll get into that a little bit that, more because that's imagine if they would have balanced it if out. That had been- well, imagine if they would have balanced it out, having giving Dean that ending, but then actually showing. Yes, they showed Sam live his life with his family in but a he's very so fucking sad for a couple of minutes, moping around a dead environment with his dog. Instead of giving us something like, had he been like, no, you know what? I'm retired. I'll send you to Jody Mills. She's now taking care of these cases. And he's a little bit lifted by the sacrifice that Dean made, essentially, what they've accomplished. And now he can go on and live a new life and given us that change moment. And and I don't want listeners thinking we needed everything spelled out for us because we don't. In fact, I'm okay with things that are like this left open for interpretation. But this goes back to our breakdown of meaning. What's the meaning of Behind showing this. Sam like this? If you're not going to go the distance and actually explain, and I things. think the only meaning is to make us sad. So it goes right back. So it goes right back to intent. Yeah. There's, there's two ways that scene could have played out. He could have turned into the new Bobby. Because yeah. he's literally in the bunker with all of that stuff. Okay. Or, they could have had him walking out of the bunker and shutting the lights off be the last scene. Because then yeah, potentially even, but even then yeah. that has its own. I think it should have ended with his son putting the pillow over Sam's smothering him. Fuck you dad. <laughs> and then it ended with a cliffhanger. You know, real, and then his eyes turned black real quick with that whole moment. Oh that, my God. That would have been amazing. Come right? how with me. How, father. Much, how much did it feel like that actor just said, <laughs> so dad, good. you can go now. Like it didn't feel like an emotional moment. Like dad, we love you, but it's okay. You've been in pain. It's See, like, dad, you can go. I've got a date tonight and you're taking up the living room. I think I, they're going with the whole <laughs> idea that he has been like this for a while. But again, it's being his delivery. Left. Though I'm saying was just just flat to me. Well, that's I, I, see, that, was casting. A, that was the other <laughs> that was the other scene that that hit a little bit differently. And I think that's just mostly like because I have been just me personally. You've I been had, smothered. Yes, I've been smothered to death. Um, no, I've been spending. A, she didn't a, listen to the safe word. I've been spending a lot more time with my dad, and, and my dad's getting older. So like, Do you hate him. No, he, I don't know. hate him. He he go. No, it's different with your dad. That's different, dude. He, he doesn't. I can not, see him smothering his dad. Yeah, I just fucking go. I yeah, <laughs> fuck you. I'm over this. Uh, tired of changing your fucking diaper. Um, no, I'm no. My dad doesn't have diapers, but it's it, it hit a little bit differently because I've spending been spending more time with my dad, and like my dad is getting older. So like that's it, it hit me in the way of like okay that. That could be a thing for me. It's a thing for everybody. So, yeah. So it was just, it's like, it hit me in that sense. Um, And it's so, yeah, that one weighed a little bit differently this time watching. The first time I watched it, I was kind of like, okay, well, he lived a good life, you know, like. I I feel like the reason why we didn't pick up on some things like that before Mm. was because we were so fucking conflicted emotionally that Dean had just died on a piece of rebar. Yeah. And And I think that's what we were thinking. Most of us were so 
focused on that, yeah. that, that the rest of the episode just didn't it matter. Was gla- it glazed over. Yeah. Like, because so, I do yeah. agree with you. That scene did hit, it hit a bit the more as well. It hit the yeah. feels, and I, I was like, oh, man, fuck. And, you know. and See, I, it didn't hit me that hard. Because you're soulless. I, yeah, you, yeah. Honestly, I was too emotionally manipulated by the previous sad dog lonely. All it needed was to play the Charlie Brown music as he walked through the entire uh-huh. fucking uh, <laughs> men, of, men of Letters bunker. And I was just, I'm mad about how the entire script plays out, frankly, to where at that point it really didn't have any more weight because I'm like, this is a kid I've never gotten to know. And his his death oh, is a the, checklist. You yeah, you see the montage where they play it, catch. It means nothing to me. He picks him up and flings him in the air. Come on, dude. I think I had been too manipulated at that point. I I agree with Ryan though. With with this case, this this scene did hit me harder the second time around. Um, and I agree. It's probably because I had before I had just witnessed Dean and it came out of nowhere, although it didn't really come out of nowhere. But I think the line that really hit me, I mean, we're making fun of it and the guy sucked at delivering it, but telling him it's okay, dad, you can go. Yeah. That's, I mean, it was rough. Yeah. I mean, it was, it it really was. And it was, you know, obviously, yeah, look, you could, you could rip it apart for multiple reasons, but at the end of the day, like, it served its purpose. And, like, yeah, the kid, like, we don't know who the kid is, but they, they weren't going to give you a whole fucking episode on his son. No, I'm not asking for that. I'm just saying I feel like that didn't hit as hard for me because I was. Look, you're not as close with your dad. We get it, dude. Like, you, I was you know, dragged you... along already through all this other emotional stuff that it doesn't have and the you know same what? weight anymore. I wonder if maybe that is you... the biggest difference between this year and last year is, I don't know if our, uh, for you guys, but 2021 has been. A shit show tornado <laughs> on a roller coaster. And I'm, I'm wondering if maybe the frame of mind is what is impacting me watching it this time around. I, I, you know what, Amy? I actually, I actually agree with you. I, Meaning I, you're more emotional? So you're, is that what you're saying, Amy? Or you're less emotional? I'm more emotional. I'm I, more I would actually, I would actually agree raw. with Amy. Like, I feel. The last the last year with just not being able to do certain things that I wanted to do and like just you know like I said spending more time with my dad, a lot of that stuff hit like the the scene with Sam and Dean like it hit differently this time. That so one, based on where your life is currently, yeah, at, I yeah. think yeah, okay. and I guess I could agree with yes. There's emotional manipulation as far as the episode goes, but at the same time. I also connected with a lot of the stuff like this time that I didn't connect with. Like you said, I was I was glazed over from the fact that I just watched Dean get stabbed by a piece of rebar and and dying in probably the least heroic way that we thought Dean would die. But now that I've like we watch it again a year later and I'm in a different headspace, like I feel like these ones hit a lot differently. And like even the last scene hit way differently than it did the first time. And I was just like I, I, I was trying to figure it out. And I think AV makes a great point is that where I have been in my headspace over the last year, you know, yeah, you could make fun of it saying I'm a lot more emotional, but at the same time, like, I think that's what made those episodes hit differently or those scenes hit differently than they did the first time I watched it. Because like Thomas said, we were pretty bitter the mm-hmm. first time we watched this episode. And I think Mike, you said it earlier when we came in that, 
you weren't as bitter this time because it's been a year. You, it, you've kind of let it go and you watch the episode differently. And I think that has a factor in all of this. I think it's the same factor we see with the retro reviews. Like we go in and watch a retro review and we forget how fucking amazing some of these episodes yeah. were. And then there's a, there's, there's nostalgia and there's other feelings that hit you because you know that you're not getting new supernatural. I think I'm not discrediting and I agree. I think you guys have your Everyone's every different. right to think yeah. like that. I think for me, what it is, is the first time I watched it, I was along for the emotional ride and I didn't expect a whole lot and I was bitter, but I was more like I could enjoy the last Sam and Dean moment. And that was the emotional crescendo. So anything after that didn't have right. as much impact for me. But I was kind of like, all right, this is what we're getting. And as a finale, I'm not happy with it, but, you know, okay. I think now I'm knowing and looking at it more as an episode, as a script, as what they did and what they were trying to achieve. I get more bitter and resentful because I'm like, you guys are only doing this to emotionally manipulate us. And I'm more angry at how they did this stuff. And I am impacted by it. Mm-hmm. At this point, this is the fourth, you know, emotional or fifth emotional stab wound. And I'm not crying anymore. I'm just fucking angry that someone keeps trying to stab me. So for me, it was more of it doesn't have the same weight. And I know what you're doing. So I'm more angry about that or disappointed about that than truly angry anymore. So for me, it just didn't have that same weight. So we can just skip right past execution because I feel like a lot of the things we're sharing also bleeds into that category. It does. Because most of the things we're either saying positively or or negatively negatively falls into the way it was executed by way of directing and writing. And I mean, it's very, it's very, it's 50, 50, honestly, on how you look at it in the way of writing and directing. Directing is, is okay. Um, Writing. I don't think is great at all. No. Uh, In fact, there really isn't even a story. Although it did make, I did make myself laugh at one point rewatching this. Uh, it's like around 1350 in the timeline of the episode mm-hmm. when they first walk into the barn and then the, the vampire in the mask like pops up. I was just like spooky. Like staring I'm like, why are you guys was... just wearing your masks and hanging out outside of your own fucking home? <laughs> yeah, that was remember funny. when a nest used to be a threatening thing and now they just walk in brazenly through the front fucking door. Yeah. I don't know. Loading I weapons. Myself, I just made myself laugh. Because vampires that. are supposed to be able to smell you from miles off. Uh-huh. But uh, they actually unloaded and loaded their guns like Why right are the in kids front of the bar. Locked into a room and not shackled to a wall. They're just standing awkwardly uh, waiting of to be COVID, rescued. They weren't able to get, you know, full sets, only oh. partial sets to keep things contained. It's just, dude, That's just, gonna be the excuse. Oh. That's the thing is like yeah. the execution, I don't I agree. I think there's not really any strength to the writing. It's a half episode it's it's three parts nostalgic nothing but pie and and references one really emotional scene tied to a very poor hunt in my opinion and montage at the end yeah Eh. so what about the next part so so plot holes and contradictions there's there's a lot there's a lot i think this is like the crowning issue Oh. No, not achievement. <laughs> there's so many things left open-ended, and there's so many of the big issues that were, quote, resolved, but when you really ask more than, if you don't just 
take it at its word leaves a lot of fucking questions that leads to multiple seasons or or other things that could have been done. You know when you have a thread on your shirt and you just pull it and, and you pull it and the shirt just completely just starts falling yeah, apart. You can say, I, "Oh, look at that thread," start, and just move on. If you start pulling the thread, it unravels the connections from Jack and Kaz. If you start <sighs> pulling that thread, the entire thing falls apart. Yeah, so I don't, so don't even threads. ask questions. I, I burn them. Like well, the, heaven was probably better. the most egregious thing to me in yeah. hindsight. And it's no one might agree with me and it's fine. It's more of my own interpretation and, and view on things. But first the issue pertaining to heaven being resolved through dialogue with Bobby is probably the worst aspect of the finale as far as writing goes, because it's not explained or given any weight or, magnificence or anything to it there it's not technically a plot hole because it has an answer but it doesn't it doesn't sit right at least not for me and it really started to make me uneasy you had heaven literally falling apart with three people one of which is the janitor left (laughs) yeah from multiple multiple seasons hemorrhaging angels the empty stuck its entire penis army through every... <laughs> it's black. It's, it oozed everyone. Mm, Death has died favorite. like six times. You know, Chuck has no powers to fix anything. And it's just d- disastrous. And you marginalize its importance in all of its myth arc, all of the weight, all of the depressed angels drinking alone on the park playground, which would have to call some sort of cop because that's where children play. But... <laughs> For multiple seasons, it marginalizes all that by simply saying, yeah, Jack fixed it. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, theoretically, but seriously, that's See, it? The thing, the way I look at it is, yes, I, I'm happy they acknowledged it, because if they didn't, that would have oh, been, been really bad. So they acknowledged it and they closed it out, but it was really poor how they did it because of what you just said, but you got to get a little deeper with it, meaning you have seasons the suspense, the dilemmas, things were hinged on heaven falling apart. Yep. Your story was built on heaven falling apart. Characters made decisions based on heaven falling Lived apart. Lived and died. Mm. You had all these elements connected to something that you chose not to actually fix in a way that mattered to based on everything that came before that you built towards. And you ended it with a simple line of dialogue. Jack fixed it. That's like Frodo got controlled by the ring and he gives up and he's and Mount Doom's blowing up and everyone's covered in lava and everything's terrible. And then it just cuts to and then Gandalf saved the day. Yeah. And they're in the bed <laughs> like you can't just have a single statement. And I think See, I don't know not if I, you derive. I was, I was OK with it because um, back earlier in the season, Jack was already making angels. Yeah, but even that I still had issue with because weren't they people turned into angels? If I remember correctly. I I understand that, but that's why I didn't have a problem with the line of dialogue being like, yeah, Jack and Cass fixed it because we had already seen Jack have the ability to make angels. True. Him. Here's the thing. Him 
well, having okay. the ability okay, to see, fix it isn't the problem. The logistics, yes, the logistics is not the problem. Right. The fact that it's a flimsy it's a single sentence. Yeah. That's, now, part of that's because they have nothing left at this point. You're you're running out of page length, which that whole well, vampire but, thing but they could have shouldn't been. have. I know. Guys, they yeah. should have to understand that bringing all those people in for the finale would have cost them more money. Yeah. Why would they bring uh, Mary Winchester and John Winchester? No, let's just mention them. How about the fact that, you know. Yeah, but see, ultimately, even though as a fan, I would like to have seen Mary and John and no Ellen and Joe, that would have been fine. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't affect the script or the actual finale by them not being included an element like this was so deeply embedded during dab's run and for you to render it impotent and it has no bearing on any of the final season after you built it up Mm -hmm. as being important and then the finale addresses it by simply jack saying i fixed it that is really really poor that is game of thrones season eight to me that is the Night King is going to murder and rape the world. A- Arya's got it. Yeah, Arya's that, got it. It's fine. That's oh, that's well, a good actually. I guess all the people who died and all the stories and all the relevance and all the weight and all the decisions and the sacrifices literally mean nothing. It's like it's like watching a New Hope. Most people have watched New Hope, Star Wars, the yeah. first one, Episode Four, and the entire thing is built around the Death Star blueprint. And, hey, we need to blow up the Death Star because the Death Star is a planet killer. It destroys planets. We must destroy it. And then you choose to show the celebration at the end, and Luke says, can you believe we blew up the Death Star? That's what they did. It's like they they were on their way flying to the Death Star, and then it blew up, and they said, oh, yeah, we had a mole on the inside. Don't worry about it. His name was Jack. Yeah. Oh, I guess we'll go home. Yeah. So that's... That's something that I would consider not necessarily a plot hole, but it just it's not a plot hole, but it's just contradictory it's execution and, and yeah. yeah is weak, I feel. And I, but honestly, one of the ones that is a plot hole was the statement about cast, which I honestly totally forgot about. I com- what are you talking about? I completely forgot that Bobby had a line saying, Oh yeah, Jack or Jack did it, but he also got help from Cass. So <laughs> so he so the entire thing about the empty it doesn't matter either doesn't matter either they did the exact like, same thing to the empty that they did the with that episode dean says all that sacrifice means something sam now eat your pie well clearly not because he walked out of that revolving door that is the empty which was completely contradictory to what billy told us it was Cass is brought yeah, back I, okay i will i will give you that that was that so was uncouth that was well, like that was a finger up the butt, that, surprisingly. <laughs> control over the empty. That like that's good. not his place. I just feel like you bring Kaz back to life and he assists Jack in setting things right. And this would have been fine if the issue of the empty wasn't built on Castiel's sacrifice yeah. that embedded suspense into the season storyline for multiple seasons. But the sacrifice didn't matter because by bringing Kaz back to life in the finale, you nullify the importance of his sacrifice. And also, he doesn't show up. But he's not back to life. He's in heaven. He's 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 a heavenly creature. But but here's the thing, too, guys. He said he loves Dean. Take that however you will. But he doesn't show up. Yeah, see, but that's also, you can justify that because of the COVID thing. So I'm not going to bring that up, even though that is the reason why apparently they didn't bring Misha back. I feel like that's an excuse, honestly. Well, it could be, but. 
but but just in sheer not talking about necessarily things that we would like to see but just things that just no it's it's just like nullifying but the bigger issue is that it's just the sacrifice didn't mean anything yeah and they built up that sacrifice that he he's been holding on to the seeker for how many years two seasons at least and it finally takes them. They use it to, again, emotionally manipulate, give us the only out they could give Castiel at this point. Says the story didn't even give him much to do during the final season. So they have him profess his love to Dean. Fine. It works. It carries. It has emotional weight. You kill him. He sacrifices himself only for none of it to matter because he's going to be brought back to life by, by off Jack screen. off screen in the next episode, essentially. Yeah. All so, right, so what's worse, an off-screen death or an off-screen revival? Revival. Ask, ask off-screen revival. An off-screen death can be implied, and there's enough often evidence or narrative statements to show that that's really what happened. An off-screen revival feels like that joke from South Park when Kenny had the PSP and he led the armies of heaven, and the guy, <laughs> that one angel, is like, oh, my God, you should see this. It's like ten times the Lord of the Rings battle, but we don't get to see it. It's something so <laughs> magnificent. Don't worry about it, though. <laughs> Killing characters off screen is a tried and true yeah. method. And not everyone's always there for every death. Within literature, period. Whether it be TV, writing, comic books, or books. Some of the greatest pieces of literature will have characters die when you're not actually reading the page for mm-hmm. a character to finally get to his place that's been his goal for the entire story for only to find for him to only to find out that his friend has passed like that's tried and yeah. true that works but resurrecting someone off screen so that they then can fix a fucking plot and issue also the main is character can be told about it not see it be told about it yeah yeah so um all last bit did the finale end with a sense of continuance or conclusion in your opinion i know ryan's kind of already said his piece on this mm-hmm. that you feel like it's it's concluded it's done it's done, man. So what? there's no sense of continuance. No, you don't- I, I like. Okay, so let, let's just let's just let's let's get into this. Let's part. get into this. Like the the thing is, where do you go from here? The only thing that I could possibly see them doing is doing some other dimension or universe, Sam and Dean, because our Sam and Dean's well, we know those stories. Have, have they? Has Jack brought them back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so thing. that's the other thing you got to look at, like. But the point being is that our Sam and Dean story is done. Dean died the way that he knew he was going to die. And Sam lived out the long way. Getting life, penetrated. Getting penetrated by a piece of rebar. Oh, but like yeah. the point is, is they're done. Their stories are done. There's nothing to, for them to do anymore. So where do you go from there? Like if they would have had them run off into the sunset. Yeah. Like they should have. Yep. Then there was total way of bringing them back and doing more. But at the end of the day, here's the other thing that blows my mind is let's say you do that ending. Okay. Now you bring them back. What the fuck do they face? They beat God. Like, well, there's things that you can do. And I know Eric Kripke said in an interview or was it a tweet? I think it was a tweet. Uh, two weeks before the finale aired, he had said that he has his own idea of how the show should end, but he's going to hold on to that. We'll never know. Right. That. Why would he want to hold on to that? Unless he thinks that someday he will be able to bring the conclusive Maybe. ending that he w- would think would work better. Uh, I don't maybe, know, but maybe. I, you have 
a valid, I, uh, more than valid. I, I see it. I don't want to see it the way you see it, no. but I see it that way as it, well because, and I might've said this during our original discussion on the finale. If you don't have the most expert of writers come in and do, let's say a revival of this show, you could now, even though the finale and the last four, last two, uh, last season and a half weren't the best supernatural because of dab, mm-hmm. it still is our story. It's still what has happened. And if you go in and start digging around, you could run the risk of now undermining what has come before. Yep. And I feel like despite my feelings on the finale, the finale should stand. Yep. And if you Agreed. go back and try to start reworking things to continue their story, you might run the risk of undermining the season 15 finale. And that's not... Uh, That's not a great call. I mean, look what they did with X-Files. I feel like them bringing back the X-Files undermined so many things that they did right in the previous seven season run, as well as the two films that came afterwards. So you got to be careful when you do certain things. Go ahead, Thomas. Sorry. So, I mean, I would almost have a counter argument potentially to that because honestly, I think the heaven was a big, big, big mistake for a lot of reasons. Um, primarily, like Ryan said, there, where do you go from there? Yeah. One. So any kind of revival is going to be completely contrived. Future or Sam and Dean. Or old man Sam and Dean. Sam and Dean. You know? No, Sam and Dean in the future. Bring them back to life and they now are 20, Science 20, fiction. 2050. Ghosts are in the machine. In the year know? 2050, demons and vampires still exist. They're raping him. Only two men can possibly handle this. They're two brothers two who brothers. are brothers. Dead yeah. in heaven will be brought back to life on earth. Uh, dude, no. To confront it's the ultimate be, evil. It's going to be very contrived. Uh, and I awful. think the thing is, when you have a show like this, <laughs> going to heaven is something that honestly should have been it's more finite. conceptual. Yeah. Exactly. They made heaven finite. Yep. They made it tangible. They made it someplace that you can completely understand and is measurable. And why would they want to go back? No, well, you're at a better you're world. You're in a perfect place. Exactly. So, so first I of all, go back for hold unfinished on. business. So first of all, you're in the best world, which means there's nothing to strive for. There's nothing to do. Stop one second. Yeah. I want to add this in, and then you can then take okay. that and run with it as well. Okay. Because if this is the end game, this also feeds right back into what Ryan said about this is the it. This is it. Yeah. Okay. Let's say there is some grand catastrophe happening on Earth where they are needed. Why would they feel the need to go down there and fix it when they know the end game is this wonderful heaven? Let, let it play out because yeah. guess what? Your reward is going to be this heaven that is awesome let them because die. we all live happily yep. together. There is no reason to fix anything. If, if right. in a weird way, if you have that mentality, there's no reason to fight for anything. Yeah. And that's why they should never have shown it when I had my own issues as Mike knows. And as Ryan knows with heaven being your greatest moments kind of thing. However, it was also very conceptual. It was in season five and season six. It was a lot of metaphor metaphorical and a place of joy and peace, but it didn't really explain it as it became like hotel rooms in Carver's run. Mm Mm-hmm. It started yeah. to become tangible and and untaste like poor yeah. taste. Now that I know exactly how it functions, it almost gives me an existential dread feeling as I watch this show because now 
I don't, I don't, I don't really think I'll watch the finale again because there's nothing to strive for. So what are they achieving? So what do they do? This is it kind of thing. Yeah. So there is no reason to come back to the story because like you said, like, just let everyone die. Yeah. I, I, the I, whole I, point and the weight of the apocalypse in season five was that if they go through this hellish life on earth and Michael wins, then there's a paradise on earth after the fact. There was like a benefit to it. The only way this would work, because we're talking about heaven being the best end game for everyone, yeah. right? So right. there is no reason to go down there and stir shit up when you have heaven to look forward to. But we still have the issues of the garden. And the white and snake. The snake. Yeah, there's and well, that's another thing. There's plenty of narrative ties that have left been left unused. So perhaps that's how they bring it back. But I honestly don't know what the real point. You would have is to, to usurp it. Jack's. Power. You'd have to undo Jack's situation, or at least and then compromise put you in, him in, in conflict way. with either Jack or the snake, and and that gets to a whole new biblical level of problematic. But, but wouldn't that just be a reworking of what exactly we had with Chuck? Yeah. And my my counter argument to not undoing season 15's finale is that I feel like Dab's run, especially season 15, undermined the entire show. I feel like making Chuck the villain undermines the entire show. So why should I have respect for that finale versus season 11's where I feel like it had a higher point and a natural end that felt fine? Honestly, I'm almost at a point where season 11 feels like where I end my camp. Oh, don't be one of those and fans. And I'm one of those fans fan fictioning after the point. I'm just going to pretend because, Star because Wars would, episode. Because I asked you six, right seven, now, eight, don't exist. what is the point of any of it if I go to the end? It just undoes everything. So why would I continue? No, uh, I... I I agree and I disagree. Yeah, it's really I, I, hard. And that's fine. I'm just making a counter argument. I can, I can see yeah. your thought process on that. But at the end of the day, dude, it, it it does happen. And you can't stop it from happening. Like, it still exists. It's like bloodlines. We can't get rid of it. Unfortunately, <laughs> like... A it, lot... Of, I don't think Supernatural is as rewatchable as other shows that have no. ended... Well, because, primarily because, because of, how it, of how it ended. Yeah. Like I'm rewatching it with my son right now. And because I can appreciate amazing filming yeah. and techniques, I appreciate everything they're doing and I love it and I enjoy it. And I immediately get sucked back into the story because the writing is that good. Even and I though think you can continue to enjoy it up till season 11 and just stop there. But if you continue past that point, you ultimately undo all the good that you've enjoyed from the show. And that's my biggest problem with it. I can't disagree. Because, and it, and it kind of is perfectly encapsulated at the very end of this episode for me. With that song, the re the retrek or re, remake of Carry On My Wayward Son. It feels like a cheap CW knockoff of oh. a classic that cannot be replicated. But it doesn't care because you have been along for the ride. And it's just doing, going through the motions and technically singing the words, but it doesn't have the respect or the weight or the effort put in like the original that came before. And uh, so for a lot of my feeling, see, the final episode feels like see, I, jerking I, I, around I, for far too long I, with a weak You didn't like hunt. this? I, I actually disagree, Thomas. I, dis like, I don't like I this disagree song. because the, the whole point, they're not playing the original song. They're trying to make it a somber moment. 
So by playing the song slower and with a with, with a different vocalist, isn't pick because a different song? Uh, why? Well, hold on. What Listen about to the lyrics? What about the, the fan fiction the episode where they redid the song as yeah. well? You that we all like liked. that. That was two different things. That was a very meta episode. Yeah, and true. It, and I think that was a much better performance in a narrative setup that made sense. This is just staple on a song. I, I think this this in a the, CW fashion. The, the thing Here, let's is, play it for a second. I'm sorry, dude. This fits I, I don't the think I have a problem no, with it. No, it fits the moment. It's supposed to be somber. It's supposed to be sad. If you listen to the lyrics of the song, but that's like also, if they would have played the normal song, it wouldn't I don't have hit. Think, I don't like the episode because it's so sad, because it's only a manipulative. Uh, yes. Had, it has them die, and it has this sad moment, and that's the end of the story forever. What it should have been is Night Moves or some sort of other classic song as they ride off into the sunset leading us to think the story's over for now. I'm not disagreeing with with, with you on that, but you're nitpicking the song because you... I'm just using the song as an example of how I feel. I feel like it's a clean, polished, trends well variant of something that used to be a lot sharper, grittier, stronger story. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just using it as a metaphor for how I feel, not trapping on the song necessarily. That fit. Like it fit where we were at in this in the in the in the episode. It fit the 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 moment. I, it fit, but I think what Thomas is saying is that it this cover exemplifies his issue with yes. the entire run that Dab did, as well as the finale. It just feels flimsy and generic. It fits for what they did. It doesn't I disagree feel with authentic. what they did, and it doesn't feel authentic. Night moves playing on the baby episode. Like, that is the iconic making of a supernatural moment in the moment. This is, oh, they'll eat this shit up. Yeah. And that's, it still feels manipulative eat to me. Shit up. Just like, ah, do you burgers? God, I'm eating right now. I write this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got the mayo on this. So, on this I, oh, you shit, know. Did they actually produce this part? It had bennies in it. It wasn't supposed to be uh, shot this way. It was actually a more distinctive so, ending. Unfortunately, I think it's a little conclusive. What do you think, Mike? Continuing, I honestly inclusive. have always thought I had a sense of continuance. It's over. But after <laughs> Ryan sold me before the show, as well as during the show, I think is really conclusive, and it makes me a little sad. I yeah. don't. I don't think there's a way f- back from this unless Crypt wakes up in the barn. If he were to come back years down the road and say, "You know what? I'm going to revive this son of a bitch," he could do it. The only so the. I agree. That, that ain't happening except for maybe 10 years from now. It has to happen that long. Yeah. It can't happen in I a need year. Old man ha- I'm sorry, dude. I'll be 46. I probably won't give a shit. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. But that hasn't stopped them from doing it to literally everything else and, these and, days. And look at Sam how many Terminator like, sequels are there? I don't care about those movies. <laughs> the thing is, like, Jensen and Jared are going to be. I don't know, man. I just sixties. Yeah, I don't see. Let's that get happening. let's get old man Winchester. I'd love to see Ugh. Kripke come back. We lost Avi. What happened to her? She oh, just Jesus. Got, she's so like, this is too depressing. Yeah. Fuck him. All right. So <laughs> lastly, let's move into our, our version of final thoughts for this discussion. And I, I probably Thomas, I think our feelings are pretty clear on how we view this. But let's get a more formal okay. conclusion to our anniversary discussion. Let's start with Ryan. Yeah. Do you look at this completely different than you did 
last year? I, I would say I look at it a, not completely different, but a little bit different. And Do I you think, have greater appreciation or less appreciation? I think, you know, if you take out the emotional manipulation of the episode and you look at it as an ending of a series that is truly never coming back, like if you look at it from that aspect, right? If you think, okay, this isn't coming back, it's 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 really not horrible. I think the thing is, like, I, I, that's the that's what you want to see on your reviews for your life's well, work. Not horrible. Well, look, da, look, da, this isn't Dab's life work. I mean, it's his only. If, if I handed in like a manuscript, all could. If I handed up like a handed in a manuscript for a novel I was writing to like an editor, and they're like, "Yeah, this isn't horrible." <laughs> yeah, I, I probably have uh, yeah. slipped my wrist already. I, I, I agree. I mean, the the thing is that there there are certain parts that I I like better than I did when I first watched it. I think. A year later, I look at a couple different things, and I talked about it earlier, and even Avi, you know, had brought it up, the emotional headspace that I've, I've been in in the last year. Um, but also, too, like, I just, I, I felt differently. I got hit in the feels a little bit more, and I think it is because I truly believe that Supernatural is, is done, done. And so watching this, it, it kind of hit me. I got a little teary-eyed. I'm not going to, you know, re-watching the whole them on the bridge you know thing and and so i still obviously it's not a great episode you know and and i that i think we all agree on i just think there's certain things that you need to appreciate at this point like okay this is the last time you see sam and dean you know period and sure we could nitpick it apart but at the end of the day it is the last episode of supernatural and i think you need to look at it for that um you know, and it's like I said, th there's certain things you can't get rid of. We can't get rid of bloodlines. We can't get rid of the shitty 15th season that we thought, you know, we were needed hoping to be the best. So it needed well, to be the best. So listen, if I was Dr. Sam Beckett, and this was quantum leap. I would go back in time, take over Dab's body and rewrite the season. Uh, I mean, look, dude, mm -hmm. and I think I'd be able to, you know, teleport myself back home because that'd be my main mission. Well, see, I would go farther back and just kill Dab in his oh crib. My God, oh. is that too much? Is that too far? I, Holy <laughs> shit! That's not how quantum leap works, though. No, no unless you unless you leap into like his mother, and then the mother <laughs> uh, suffocated what if, what the what child. What if I leapt so far back that I was actually his dad? Oh, and like it just pulled out. I pulled, I pulled like a few. <laughs> I pulled like a Futurama, and instead of like you know, oh my god, and then I shoot a load in his so, mom's have face. Have you ever watched Quantum Leap? Yes, like, I have. Okay, so like, like what what happens is. Dr. Sam Beckett will leap into somebody I and know. he doesn't quite know. Hold on. He doesn't quite know what he's supposed to do yet. It's yeah. not until Ziggy pops in. Right. Mm. And he tells him, this is what you need to do. Yeah. This is what I think you need to do. Yeah. So when Ziggy pops in, he's going to tell you that, pull out and that shoot, you need to pull out to prevent shoot, Dab from being shoot born. Dab in his mom's eye. Jesus Christ. The only thing he, yeah, he's, you know, he's in his mom's eye. Oh, all right. All right do you want me to go next? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this is actually very difficult for me when I was watching it because I fell victim to all of the emotional manipulation more than I did during the first run. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I already know knew what was going to happen. I was able to remove the more negative emotions from the viewing because I already knew what to expect. And because of that, I did enjoy the finale more than I did the first time I watched. And I'm speaking solely as a fan of Supernatural. 
when I start breaking this down as a critic, mm-hmm. I actually found more problems. So there's a bit of a contradiction there as a viewer, as a fan, I shrug and say it's not great, but it is our finale. It is what it is. And it does rely on those emotional aspects that we as Supernatural fans have come to expect. Critically, though, it just it doesn't quite it doesn't work really on any level mm-hmm. from a sheer critical standpoint. Yeah, um, I think for me, piggybacking on what you said, Mike, I agree. I think from a critical standpoint, it just doesn't work. There's too much wrong with it, too much time placed in the wrong stuff. It feels vestigial to the rest of the Define vestigial. Yeah, you Unneeded and uh, archaic. Why couldn't you um, just say that? Yeah. Because vestigial is a good word. It, sounds, it feels, it feels unneeded. unneeded and archaic. To the rest of, not only the rest of the season, but the rest of the show. I think too much time was spent in the wrong place on the script. And I think all of it hinges on emotional manipulation. And the writing's not there. The directing's passable, but there's nothing about it that's really stand out or significant. And if it wasn't the final episode, there'd be nothing about this to write home about. I think as a fan with time and looking at it, I look on this more poorly than I originally did. I think the first time I knew I wasn't going to be blown away. So I was just trying to enjoy the emotional send off that it had. And it does achieve that primarily because of Jensen and Jared's acting ability. But there's so much of it that leaves questions, falls apart under scrutiny, and the emotional manipulation, it's just so sad unnecessarily. When I think back to Supernatural's other finales that really have impact, there is narrative weight. There is a reason why we're here. Death has a sacrifice and a meaning, especially Swan Song or uh, I can't remember the name of the episode, but the season finale of season nine when Dean dies There's so much more important, impactful episodes in the show than this one here. And we just mope around for so long. What should have been a brothers riding off into the sunset, free will, good feeling, turns into a sad moment of watching people be miserable until their end and then they're not. And the greater implications at the end, when you really think about it, undo a lot of other things. So for me, I look worse upon this episode. Really? With time going on, because it gives me less reason to ever come back to it. So for you, it ages. It ages poorly, yes. Okay. Because without this setup and having watched the previous episodes in the season, this just feels like, why am I here? Just to be sad and cry? And for what reason? There's no, there's nothing to drive for anymore. There's just this little end chapter, and then they both died the end. I think the reason why I was able to enjoy it more, one mm-hmm. of the reasons, is because I watched it as an isolated event. Yeah. I watched just the finale, and I didn't have the buildup of the season to make me question yep. things. So that's another reason why I was able to enjoy the finale more as an independent episode. And that's what I had said, I believe off air, that the thing that this episode, this episode works as 
a little bit it, for fans who know Supernatural. It works as an isolated episode, an event, a day in the life of Sam and Dean as regular people. See, in that I, as regards, own, it works. As its own episode, I was constantly feeling, why am I watching this? This is this is random vampires. None of it matters. Yeah. Other Monster of the Weeks have at least been more entertaining or enjoyable or even had a side character that had something going on. There's no narrative here. And that's why I, I bored and upset the more I watch this final episode. Yeah. There literally is no There's story. no reason to watch it. There's no story. Mm-mm. And I, and that's why it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Worse now. Yeah. What about you, Avi? You back? She's, she's muted, it looks like. If you can hear us, unmute yourself. In the Discord. In Discord. Uh, let's see here. I Yeah, I don't have her muted, so it's coming from her end. Well, that sucks. <laughs> I wanted to get AV's final thoughts. Let's give her a few seconds here. Yeah, that's fine. I, I do want to hear what she has to say about I, it. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I invite her onto the show. And this I'm, I was trying to watch this one, not going into like, oh, I'm going to fucking tear this one. I tried to go into it. Oh, you want to fucking you being yeah. being like, all right, let's see what this does on I its own. Click commander. And and honestly, yeah. as its own, I'm just even more asking myself, like, this just feels in poor taste. Honestly, more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a controversial finale. And yeah. the thing that I don't agree with is some of the excuses that the apologists make that, well, finales are never going to please everyone. Disagree. Well, listen, finales aren't always going to please everyone. You're right. Because there are certain things that fans come to expect or want Breaking because bad. they write shows themselves in their mind. This, this finale doesn't fall into that category. Yeah. This finale isn't controversial because of writing decisions exclusively. This finale is controversial because of execution, intent, and lack of meaning. And that's the thing is I think if there was greater meaning to all of it, yeah, the same events could play out and it wouldn't have been as poorly received, honestly. Oh, there she just left on her own she says she's still <laughs> ambivalent to the ending yeah she's still muted i wonder gotta be something she's gonna have to restart but it's all right she's still ambival- ambivalent to the ending maybe you can get her to record her bit send it in uh, maybe yeah maybe she can record yeah av if you can hear me you know what on your audio just record your final thoughts and i will edit it in for the on-demand play a little bit of uh... so for my final thoughts, it's it's not going to take me long to say this. I I am still ambivalent about the show. After rewatching it and talking to you guys, I want to raise my opinion on it <clears throat> for some reasons, like Ryan and I were talking about earlier. There are some scenes and lines and things in the show that really hit harder this time around, um, made a connection with me that I didn't get before. Um, But then there are some things on a second rewatch and time to think about made 
little to no sense. Um, mainly, you know, Thomas mentioned that after Dean's death, the episode was pretty much on autopilot, you know, which makes me sad for a season finale, a series finale for a show that's been going on 15 years. Yeah, you think there's going to be, you know, wrap up at the end and a little bit of a letdown. Um, but it was sad for me to agree that it was on, uh, you know, autopilot. We we literally montaged the rest of Sam's life. Um, so in some ways, it raised my opinion. In some ways, it lowered my opinion. So unfortunately, I'm going to end up staying where I am with ambivalent on um, on the episode as itself and then also as a show ender. Um, it's definitely wouldn't get a number as high as some of the other episodes um but it wasn't dog shit so you know there's that okay okay all right close out the show thomas so ultimately it seems that the finale is still very kind of mixed and yet hasn't changed that much a year later for all of us i think everybody still is kind of at best lukewarm it still falls short on various things some aspects work better for ryan yeah. and av and mike other aspects feel worse for me personally um and ultimately you know that's just kind of how it's going to be it is a very subjective personal opinion on things i still think that the only thing everybody could agree with is that we all wish it was stronger for us yeah in some capacity for what it was, for the legacy it leaves, it, it does feel a little weak, I think is not my personal opinion, but the general statement we could say, the Rotten Tomatoes aggregate would say, still a little weak a year later. But we want to thank everybody. That was Eric Kripke's review on, <laughs> on the YouTube channel. He wrote it, you know. Yeah, I bet. Anonymously, but. But you knew it was him? No, I knew it was him. <laughs> it was just the initials. Anyway, that's going to do it here for us at Supernatural The Crossroads. We want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen. Anybody who's been with us this long and continues to be with us, we can, we cannot thank you enough. Uh, if you like the show, please share it with friends, family, other fans of Supernatural. And Patreon. And head on over to Patreon. Check that out. Any support you guys can give, even a dollar a month, helps us significantly to continue doing episodes and to continue doing the show in general. So thank you all for that. And we will see you all next time. Little maggot, you are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.